Hey there. Welcome back to the Texas Beer Experience Podcast. This is episode five. This is Leo Longoria, your host. And today we are at <laughs> City Orchard. City Orchard in, in Houston. And you, th- you might be thinking to yourself, like, that doesn't really sound like a brewery. Well, it's not, but it is. And we're going to talk about that. It's actually a cidery here in Sawyer Yards in Houston. And today we are uh, interviewing Patrick. And I don't remember your last name, Patrick. Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski. Yes. Okay. That's easy to remember. It's an easy one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Multisyllabic. <laughs> you'll never forget Kwiatkowski. So, um, Patrick, before we started the show, we were talking about how we were going to structure this today. And we have flights of beer and cider in front of us. And I don't really know a ton about cider. And that's one of the reasons why I was kind of excited to be here today, because I want to learn a little bit more. And we have two flights, and I think it, the, the flights are the same, the same four ciders on each flight. Yes, we have um, two flights because uh, there's, there's two of us, three of us here, yeah. so we need, we need more uh, liquid. My wife and I will share this one. Okay, and I, can, uh, I can't really talk about cider like this without drinking it, so that's perfect. Here we go. Awesome. And we have our lovely assistant, Greg, helping us move. Greg is our uh, taproom manager, and we all, we all don many hats here. We're a, we're a new company. Mm-hmm. We started uh, last January. Per- perfect timing. I, no kidding. Yeah. And I, and I came, actually, that was the first time I came here. It was a, a, for a birthday party for a good friend of mine, and they were having his birthday party here, and I didn't even know this was here. I was like, man, this is super impressive. Yeah. It's a beautiful taproom. But so January, yeah, perfect timing. Yes. Um, well, it's been a project, obviously, in the making for several several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we we opened a cidery, uh, and that was always the goal, to open a production cidery in, in Houston. Uh, I have two partners. Clay Watson is our uh, brewmaster and uh, also runs operations in the cellar. And Matt Smith, who... Uh, is not here today either. He is, uh, he's part of a family that has owned apple orchards in Western New York okay. uh, for almost a hundred years. Oh, wow. Uh, and so we all found each other kind of in a serendipitous fashion. Uh, but we all had similar goals of either, you know, let's start a brewery or let's start a cidery or something that makes alcohol, right? Uh, we're engineers, uh, and the idea I've been a chemical engineer since I graduated uh, from Michigan State and oh, you know uh, Spartans I'm a Spartan yeah uh, and making uh, alcohol is a lot more fun than making chemicals <laughs> <laughs> well it's a chemical it's just a different chemical it's right? a more fun chemical for sure <laughs> um, for sure so I you know our business model was either you know let's make cider in New York State or let's make it out you know in Waller in a, in a pole barn but we decided to kind of jump in uh, two feet first and open up a big tap room in central Houston. Yeah. The objective, of course, using that as a, as a marketing tool. And, and, and it works. I mean, I think it's, it's a beautiful tap room. It's a great location. Uh, you're, you're, kind of, you're, you're one of the, the, I call it like an end cap of, of, of what's here in the center. Lots of fun things to do in the center, but at the end of the center is where City Orchard is located. And I remember coming here last year and uh, being invited to a party, and I was like, "This is beautiful." And then the the 
the cider that I had that day was amazing. And I think from what I remember, I think I remember having the cherry red. Mm-hmm. And I love cherries. But we have four, three other ciders here today. And is it better to just kind of go down the line? Yeah, we start off. This is the order. I, you know, maybe I should talk a little bit about cider first. Yes, definitely. Um, so cider is uh, it's a it's a wine, right? Is it really? It's, it's categorized as a wine. It's apple wine. Okay. It's nothing more complicated. People often ask us, you know, how do you brew your cider? And I say, very diplomatically, we don't. Cider's not brewed. It's fermented. Uh, cider, for, for the beer folks uh, listening, cider is essentially only a cold... It's the cold part of, of the process, right? When you, when you brew your beer, brewing is the, um, is, the, is the art of extracting flavors and colors and everything from a solid. You know, you brew coffee, you brew tea, and you brew beer. Right. And once you've brewed the beer in the mash tun, then you boil it and add your hops... And once you cool it down, then you just ferment it. And, and that's where cider starts. At, at the fermentation At the fermentation process. tank stage. We get our apples from New York, as I mentioned. Do you get, really get, like, raw apples? Uh, not down in? here. We, we have a pre- apple press up, up in New York. Okay. And we're on the shores of Lake Ontario, beautiful country. It's a huge apple-growing region. It's the biggest mm. apple-growing region east of the Mississippi. Um, and we feel... Of course, we're biased, but we feel they're, they're the best apples for making cider in the country. Um, so we then shipped the fresh juice down to Houston. We wanted to make it a, a Texas product. Yes. And so, you know, much like beer, you know, the grains aren't grown here. The hops aren't grown here, obviously. Right. And yeah. the apples really don't grow well here either. So, but we um, take the raw materials and, and make the product here. Uh, and so cider is just fermented apple juice. Of course, just like brewers, we... we can select different yeasts. Okay. We can do wild fermentations. Uh, we do, oh, wow. We okay. do temperature control. You know, we add nutrients. We we do as much manipulation as we can, but really Mother Nature does everything Yeah. Uh, yeah. for the cider. So the, the, the trick to making great cider is to really start with great raw, raw materials. Great, great apples. Great yeah. apples. And, and, you know, we use up to 20 different apple types in our cider. So I'd like to jump into this first cider that we have here on the board. It's called Silver Tip. Mm-hmm. So what kind of apple do you use for this one? So Silver Tip is a blend of apples. Most ciders are blends of different apples. And it's not dissimilar to the millennial old practice of blending you know, grapes. You know, all Bordeaux are blends. And it's done right. for a reason. You, can, you can, can kind of control the output. You don't, you're not wholly dependent upon that harvest or that style of grape or, in, the, in our case, style of apple. Uh, apples are just like grapes. Um, you know, they taste different from region to region, and depending on the, the summer, it could be a sunny summer, a hot summer, or a cold, cloudy one, and, boy, that makes a big difference. Really? Okay. So we blend. Um, this has uh, four different types. The... The primary apple being a, an old heirloom called Northern Spy. But yeah. we use uh, Fuji's. We use Golden Delicious. Mm-hmm. We'll throw in some Macint- uh, Macintosh from time to time or um, Honeycrisp. You okay. recognize. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a cider that's made with apples that are used um, for eating. 
We call them culinary apples. Okay. Um, See, that's something I've never even heard before, culinary apples. So there's a difference between a cider apple yes, and a culinary apple. Very much so. Wow. Okay. And we'll get into a little bit of that if, if you want as we move down the line here. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's try it. It's called Silver Tip. It's named after the uh, early stage of bud development in the spring, the apple bud and we've already passed the silver tip stage. They get a little silvery tissue as they start to okay. come alive. Oh, very nice. So I noticed you mentioned wine earlier. Yes. This is essentially just an apple wine. Yes. And so when I smell this, I almost kind of get that I'm almost like smelling a Chardonnay a little bit. Yeah. It has that kind of, I don't know, it's, Chardonnay aroma. And it has a really great finish to it, too. Thank you. Yeah, we make, um, so up in western New York, um, just south of our orchards is, uh, is the Finger Lakes region, mm-hmm. and that's a famous Riesling region. Okay. And so a lot of the cider makers who kind of reinvent some of the when I say earliest cider makers, I mean of the modern era. Uh, cider was the first beverage made in the states, you know, in the revolutionary times. Um, just because that was, there was no grapes growing in Massachusetts. There was, of course, no beer. The Germans haven't hadn't invaded yet or yep. arrived. I should no say. arrived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the immigrants ha- haven't. Uh, I mean, I say invaded because they they transformed the alcohol industry. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, in a, in a positive way. Um, so, but in the '80s, there was some guys making Riesling who started making cider again and. And it's, it's all made in a white wine process. It's uh, and, and the tanks that you can't see, but we can see, are all white wine tanks from New York. Okay. Uh, we ferment uh, around 55 degrees, so it's cold. It's like a lager temperature. Right. Um, and that just keeps the yeast from getting a little bit too vigorous, keeps the salt. So more down. bottom fermenting yeast is what you're using? Or we use uh, wine yeast, and wine it's yeast. typically all bottom fermenting. Yeast. Yeah. Oh, no. No, it's top fermenting. It's top fermenting? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know the answer to that question. Huh? I know that the brewers typically say ale is top and Correct. lager yeah. is bottom. I don't know if winemakers wine use that terminology, but uh, yeah. I can check. Um, anyway, it's, it's done at a cold fermentation. And I'm looking at the tanks. So these are called white wine tanks. Um, and when you walk into the tap room here... Uh, if you're walking in from the front directly to the back, you can view the production area. And so the tanks do look different. I noticed that they have like these dimpled areas on. Is that something that is well, by design or? Well, it's it's a mistake <laughs> for us. <laughs> okay. Well, it, so these tanks are not jacketed, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So all of the beer tanks have this. Uh, these, these are the glycol jackets. Right. And then they usually have another layer of insulation. Correct, yes. So wine tanks don't are not usually insulated because most wine is made uh, in temperate regions and in October. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Most wines are not made in Houston, Texas in August. <laughs> so when that we, would not be a good idea. So we immediately realized that mm-hmm. we should have maybe purchased jacketed fermentation vessels for Houston. Okay. Uh, so we get a lot of uh, condensation. Really? But it looks better. Does that, <laughs> does that 
prolong the production process when you're when you're uh, so like if you're doing like a two week turnaround on a cider it might take a little bit longer it could and it it, yeah. it, it burdens our glycol machine most of all okay so um it's one of those funny things you do all the research you can and you talk to winemakers and cider makers and they all use the same stuff but there's not a lot of cider in wine being made in central houston right yeah yeah i mean or I think, in the deep south i think you guys are the third company that i've seen that makes cider but mm-hmm. but you guys are do it on a much larger scale than the two other companies here locally they have made cider right yeah. and they're making it in brewing equipment right correct so it's jacketed yeah. so yeah um, we'll probably, as we grow, start purchasing jacketed tanks just mm-hmm. to save energy. Um, and uh, that's about it, really. Okay. Otherwise, we can control it just as well as anybody. And so, like, and so, going back to like how long? So I said a two-week turnaround. I totally shot in the dark. Too. How long does it take to make a cider? Are they all the same, uh, or do some take a little bit longer than others? I, or? I would say pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, you can you can ferment cider in you know three days okay if you really want to but Mm -hmm. it doesn't taste very good you know you need that slower process and you know brewers know that too they control the temperature for that reason okay um you know ales are made around 69 70 lagers 55 you could punch out an ale at 85 too you could but but yeah beware (laughs) Um, absolutely so Absolutely. I would say all in, it's a five-week process. We do have some ciders that have uh, some secondary components, other other flavors. That adds a little time, but not too much. So when you say other flavors, like this next cider, yes, uh, this is called Cherry Red, and it's distinctively like almost a pinkish hue looks on like that. It's like a rosé. It's like yeah, it looks like a rosé. So we, Cherry Red was actually designed when we made a batch of our silver tip that we didn't like um, not that it wasn't good but it just didn't have the, as much acid as we want right cider making <clears throat> and winemaking uh, it's 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 the process of trying to come out with a balanced product balance between sweetness and acid right and so we had this batch of silver tip that didn't have the total acidity that we wanted and so we added some cherry sour cherries Yes. To really to boost up the acidity, um, and cherry red was born, and I think it's. it's I love it. One of our I, best selling. I think it's great. It's it's delicious. Like you, I think it's a little sweeter than silver tip is. It is. But, I mean, it's so good. Like I could drink that, quite a bit of it. I, I shouldn't because I'm diabetic. But <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I would probably go to the most of the two we've had so far. None of our stuff is is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do we do add sweet sweeteners, sugar, or in this case cherries, uh, after the process. Cider uh, or apple juice ferments absolutely too dry. Um, unlike wort, that has some unfermentable mm-hmm. sugars. Yep. Apples do not. So oh, it, it comes super dry and. I know everybody likes to talk about, oh, I want a dry, dry, dry cider, but unless you're working with special apples, you need to add a little sugar back. Okay. Um, and, and that's the case of these two, uh, Silver Tip and Cherry Red. We, you add a little bit of sugar. We add a little bit of something back, and it really yeah. changes. It brings the apples back to life. Mm. But we don't add so much that it 
turns into a sweet bomb, sugar right. bomb. No, and that's really off-putting when you get something that's just so sweet. That's just, yeah. Um, what kind of cherries do you use in that? These are Montmorency cherries. Montmorency. They're also grown up in uh, along Lake Ontario okay. region. Great Lakes is a big cherry. Mm. My home state of Michigan is a major cherry-producing state. So uh, these are sour cherries. They're typically not the ones you buy at HEB <laughs> to eat. Uh, yeah. They're used in processing pies. Oh, okay. Um, you know. So is that the kind of cherry that they put in like the, the cans of like cherry preserve that you make pies with? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, because it's tough okay. to make. Well, you, they may have a blend, but it, we tried some sweet cherries and it just doesn't, you know. Right. It's listless, right? Um, I'm curious now because my wife grew up in Michigan and she doesn't like maraschino cherries. Is that why you don't like them? Because they're too sweet and they don't remind you of the cherries back home? No, not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> Just don't ask. Don't ask. Because she does not like maraschino cherries. Like, I don't all. even know so, what those are. I think they're um, doctored up and yeah, all sugar all and syrup color. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so, again, uh, culinary apples. So the cider world is divided. I guess between three different types of apples. Culinary are, you know, your Fuji's, your stuff you get at HEB in Central Market. Macintosh, the yeah, Honeycrisp, yeah, you know. And uh, then there's these heirloom apples, Northern Spine. We have another one that we're going to taste next. Okay. Um, these are old apples that have been planted in the states, you know, from the very beginning. Wow. Uh, and they tend to, uh, and they, they're multi-purpose apples. Uh, the next, well, we'll just mention this one we're going to try next. is called the Rhode Island Greening. Um, this was probably one of the oldest cultivated varieties in in North America. So was um, this, so you said this, these, these apples have been here from the beginning. Were they already here when when the settlers came, or did they, is that something that maybe they brought over? I'm not um, sure of the total. I mean, apples are all over the world. They they, they originate in Central Asia. Right. Ka- Kazakhstan is the birthplace of apples. Is that right? Yeah. Kazakhstan. That's interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody's heard of John Chapman, Johnny Appleseed. Mm-hmm. Of course, he brought apples. Wait, is that a real person? Johnny Appleseed is John, a real person? John Chapman, yeah. That's crazy. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, when I was a kid, they used to, I think there was, like, a Disney cartoon they talked about Johnny Appleseed. I just thought he was a fictional character. <laughs> no, he's, he's real. I'm not. I mean, I'm, his story's probably you know been embellished a little bit. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Um, and the third type of apple are apples that were grown for cider making. Okay. okay. Specifically, um, they are very sweet in some cases, uh, or in some cases super tart. But they also have a lot of tannins. Hmm. Uh, like a, a Honeycrisp has no tannins, but if you bite into a cider apple. They're called spitters almost because you, they're just, just really they're bitter. Just way too bitter to yeah. eat. Okay. But they make a phenomenal cider. You know, when I was a kid, and we lived, we lived on the border here in Texas when I was a kid, my great-grandmother had an apple tree. I'm not sure what kind of apple it was, but it was these tiny little green Crab apples. Crab apples, probably. Maybe. And they were bitter. Yeah. Like, I remember them being really bitter. So, I don't know. <laughs> they probably made a really good cider. Yeah. Crab apples are also used to make cider and they Okay. There's some they're tough to grow, they're tough to cultivate. 
but some of them have a lot of sugar and mm. a lot of bitterness. So there's some special stuff that comes out of crab apples. But let's try this next one. So this yes. is Rhode Island Greening. This is uh, our only cider that is made from one apple. It's the Greening. It's uh, the American heirloom, and it, it makes a very nice cider on That's its own. That's so different from any cider I've ever had before. There's like complexity to this. Yeah. It's green. It's got a little green apple. Yeah. But the reason it works is because it's got a lot of sugar and a lot of acid. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas like Honeycrisp has a lot of acid, but not as much sugar as you would think. Um, and we just, we love this. Man, that's delicious. This apple is amazing. And it's interesting because, um, you know, my partner Matt's, orchard didn't have any greening on it because his family for even a hundred years ago I mean it started just prohibition really wiped out the the cider apple growing mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of orchards were just ripped out wow right because the growers had to grow something else they could sell so we lost you know our cider apple production during prohibition so but we He's found there's a project. There's some projects up, up there, and you can uh, Google makes it a lot easier. You can see a, old orchards, abandoned orchards, and he'll we'll go to some property owner and say, "Hey, do you mind if we pick these apples?" Or he's purchased a couple orchards recently that have 80-year-old trees, wow. and, we, and we found some greenings. Oh yeah, yeah. So very interesting, different apples. That's amazing that they survived through all that, like, and not being cultivated at all. Huh? Not, not really. That's amazing. Wow. So the greening is special. That's very popular here at the taproom. It's delicious. I think that's my favorite so far. I, I mean, I like the cherry one, but I like that that one's it's, it's different. It's not like any other cider I've ever had before. And so try that when you come here, Mr. Green, or. Is it Mr. Green or Greening? Mr. Green. Mr. Green. Made from Rhode Island Greening apples. It won't turn you into the Hulk, I promise. No. Yeah. But you'll be careful. Yeah. You know, six and a half percent ABV. Oh, six and a half. So that's what we haven't (laughs) talked about is ABV on these. So silver tip is, what what is that one at? So they're all between six and seven. Okay. Uh, The last one's toward eight. Um, Oh, wow. So the natural sugar level in most of the apples that we use... uh, create you know we use the term bricks or you know og for brewers right mm-hmm. um bricks of around between 12 and 14 um one one oh, oh, 105 106 og um so it comes out to about six percent abv we do not dilute okay um and if you look at other ciders that are five percent five percent five percent they're typically made with apple concentrate. Okay. Um, and, you know, you can control the uh, starting gravity. You can dilute it down as much as you want. Uh, we could also dilute this juice to get a to lower try ABV. to create a five, but we don't want to. Yeah. We're going to lose our flavor. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we pride ourselves on using the fresh juice. It's a little bit more expensive to get it down here. Than, than opposed to buying concentrate from, from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make a decent cider with concentrate, but it's, I'm a home brewer. I used to use uh, malt extract all the time. <laughs> Same analogy. <laughs> yeah. I made great beer with malt extract, but then, yeah. you know, you can't really get 
crazy with it. You can't. Yeah, you can't be creative with it or, you know, no flexibility. Yeah. And so we, you know, we have all these ciders that are made with just with different apples. Mm. And it's uh, it's amazing what you can do with it. This is amazing. Like I, I'm, you know, like I said, I, I don't really know anything about cider, but now like, I see like the, the complexities that go into it, the 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 the, uh, the careful way of the way of how you do things, and, and you want to stick to a certain mm-hmm. region of apples that you really believe in. Um, I mean, that's that's amazing. It really is. Um, so we got one more cider yeah. here. Well, we're, and we have another one I want you to try but okay we can talk about the beer after that after this and move finish and we'll off probably, of that we'll probably do a little break okay in here um, and then we'll come back and talk about beer just like five minutes or so sure yeah but uh yeah and but we'll we'll try that other cider yeah. before we take that break it sounds great yeah and I'll, I'll go get it in a second okay. so this one is uh, called uh, Orchard Blend number 10 we have a smaller batch series this is made with apples grown uh, that were recently planted by by Matt Smith up at Smith Brothers Orchards in North Rose, New York. These are a lot of European, those European varietals I was telling you about, mm-hmm. called Bitter Sweets. Yes. Or Bitter Sharp. And this is, has a blend of Bitter Sweets and Bitter Sharp. I was going to say that. So like I just took a sip of it and it's, there is sweetness there, but you said sharpness. And you definitely get that in there again. Just a, a very, a very unique and different style of cider, other than what I've had in the past. This um, one is um, more of the, you know, English or French style. Okay. Although, I feel, I lived in Normandy for many years, and that's where I kind of learned about cider. I actually think the New York ciders, being made up there and with the New York apples, and I would consider us. Right. You know, a Texas outpost of that. <laughs> uh, some of the best ciders in the world are being made because we're using all these. In France and England, they use cider apples. Period. Here we've got these heirlooms, and we we were using culinary apples in ways that the the Europeans are not. So it's almost like the craft beer, like craft beer here. Like yeah, I think I think yeah. the and I call it the Finger Lake style. I think uh, I've fallen in love with the style, and that's why we're making these. Um, and it's, the proof is, like, we'll, once in a while, we'll get some English folks coming in, mm. and they'll go for the oh, the Orchard Blend Number Ten, you know, and what else <laughs> you got that's from the homeland, and then they'll drift back to Cherry Red or Mr. Green. Yeah. And I ask them, and they just—they have no reason. It's just they like it, you know. So mm. that to me is a positive absolutely positive thing that we're you know the americans are finding themselves like we always do but of course you know, um, <laughs> uh, not to sound conceited but <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just to be contrarian it's just it's what we have you know we yeah. ha- we use what we have and it turns out it's not too bad yeah i mean i mean like i said with like craft beer you know using pacific northwest hops and uh and and, and different types of yeast and different types of grain so yeah i mean yeah. we are definitely the game changers in the industry absolutely and uh you know uh, and as we get this other sample so there's a whole another trend i want to talk about before you hit the break um okay. our and it's a good and it's a bad trend um and you know i feel that way on some days and 
the bad part and some days the good part. Yep. Um, there's a real push. And you guys, you know, you've seen this in the beer. You see pickle beer. You see oh, pizza yeah. beer. You're seeing. <laughs> and that's uh, all one brewery. <laughs> that is one brewery, yes. I did, I'm not doing that on purpose. Sorry. But yeah, I know. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Martin House. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, there's people using all these fruits, purees, and it's very innovative. Yes. Um, whether you like it or not, you can't say it's not innovative, right? Um, and but beer's been around for a long time in this country, so you know those innovations are a good thing. Um, I believe I really believe that too, because even if you may not like the style or you want to turn turn your nose up on those styles, um, uh, at the end of the day, I think they're bringing people into beer. Yeah. Um, be, and, and and I think most people are curious about about beer, and if they don't like an IPA, like a good West Coast IPA, but they want to drink one that has a bunch of stuff in it. They'll eventually get curious and like, okay, I want to try these other styles. And uh, I think the more people that come into into the industry, uh, the better. Yep. So say what you will about you know the Martin houses, the urban styles. The, yeah. You know, I think. Well, they have they have a major following. They have so a if huge. I could sell following. as much cider as they do beer, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> right, so is there uh, is there going to be a, a pickle cider coming soon? There may be a dill cider, but a we'll dill talk cider. about that in a second. Okay. Um, so, insider is no different. There's a lot of people throwing blackberries and you know, persimmon and and, and, mm-hmm. and pomegranate, and that's good. Um, problem I have a little bit with it is it's typically a concentrate-based ciders that are really covering the apple flavor, and I also feel that we have not educated people yet on on some of the things that we're tasting here, uh, just because cider is still relatively new right. for, for this generation or the, these past couple generations. So the challenge is, is how do we kind of chase the tail of the constant changing product, but also remind people that you've never even tasted this classic cider that's been made for hundreds of years. So it'd be like people that ne- never having had a lager before, right. only jumping into the, the, the puree, puree beers. And, and, stuff, yeah. and maybe yeah. that is the case, right? Um, so our the delicate balance that we need to to strike is introducing people to good new flavors, but also good old fashioned. Exactly, and I think from a business perspective, it's it, I think it's smart to do different things. It, it, you may not be a fan of it, but if it brings people into the door, um, it'll allow you to keep keep doing the classic styles that you love, and then be able to educate people on those. Yeah by them coming in here and trying, I don't know, a, a, a strawberry shortcake cider. Right. I'm just well, spitballing here. but here, Here's the yeah, yeah. one that was not in our original business plan. Okay. <laughs> um, but now this is our bestseller by far. Okay. Why don't you try it before I tell you what it is? All right. Oh. It's almost like a spice element on your nose. Is that dill? No. What is that? Lynn, try that. That's very different. Mm-hmm. Why can't I place that? It's very savory. It is. That's a great word. Yeah. That's a. It is savory. But sweet, too. It's sweetened. Yeah, sweet and savory. I almost want to say, is there thyme in that? No. 
This has lavender. Lavender. <laughs> you got it. You got you it. You said lavender? She got it. I was going to say that. You were going to say that. So I'm not really familiar with lavender, so that's my excuse. And I've tried like some lavender beer. Uh-huh. And just like little sips of it, and I don't really care for it. But this, this is different. This is, I mean, it's a cider. has it's, some sweet, and that lavender adds some little savory so to it. So this, we're using Hill Country Lavender mm. from a farm in the Hill Country. That's called Hill Country Lavender Farm Okay. in Blanco, um, which is that's great. That's the best la- place for lavender, actually. Yeah. I've heard that lavender in Blanco is, like, yeah, amazing. And I, I was just yeah. there last week, and... It's fun using the local, and then also is, as I mentioned, we back sweeten, and this is back sweetened with honey, oh, Texas cool. honey. So, the trick for this cider is it's not um, the lavender doesn't overpower it, Mm-mm. and the honey doesn't either, and so that's really our our approach to making flavored ciders is to not again not overwhelm the apple. But this one has, has been a big hit. Um, but now that you mentioned that, like, I'm getting apple on the back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. still there, and you're not overwhelming it. This is delicious. I I don't know if you'll be disappointed in this, but I think this is my favorite so far today. I mean, they've all you're been great. You're not alone. You're not alone. This is, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, it's very popular with the ladies, but mm-hmm. men are also admitting they like it. Well, <laughs> I am admitting right now that I, and I, I actually love this. I probably, I'll probably. You can finish it. I can finish this. Good. Oh yeah. Excellent. And so we are playing with um, a dill seed cider. Okay. So we had, and I'll taste you on this a little bit later. But um, sometimes cider will go a little bit wrong, and it gets what's called volatile acidity, which is like vinegar, right? Right. Yeah. It's not. 100% 100% vinegar. So we have a little batch in the back that has a little bit of volatile acidity. It's almost like a Spanish-style cider. Okay. The Spanish make ciders that have... It's like a sour beer, right? It's, it has volatile acidity by, by design. And so we figured that would be like a really interesting thing to throw dill in. Okay. Is this pickled beer phenomenon. <laughs> but it's not pickled beer. It's not using pickle juice or... It's just very... Again, like we throw in a something subtle like the lavender in this case dill seed with this product and mm-hmm. i think it's gonna be very interesting that sounds interesting and so now i mean you you, you opened up this pandora's box of like spanish cider yes and so i feel like you're opening up this entire world <laughs> that i've been totally unaware of like i want to try one of those yeah they're yeah. they use oak barrels and okay. of course the oak has the the brat or i'm not sure exactly what the official organism is that mm-hmm. they they maintain uh it could be acetobacter or or brett yeast right. or a combination but that's all they drink over there and that's why you know you have to have sausage and oh yeah old cheese something to counterbalance <laughs> the acidity that's i guess right. that's right that's awesome man. and it like, tastes best there of course of course yeah you know. road trip well, i guess that's not a road trip but to uh yeah yeah exactly. never been to spain i want to go now Northeast, Northwest Spain is where Northwest Spain, yeah, yeah. so like closer to like Portugal? Yeah, uh, Bilbao area. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of orchards. I mean, there's cider, every country in Europe has like a cider style. Wow. Germans do, they call it Apfelwein. Uh, and uh, yeah, you'd be surprised how many 
cultures have cider. Yeah. yeah. Is there is there Mexican cider? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, how did Huge. I not know this? Yeah, there is a lot of cider, and it's a it's a holiday thing. It's a Christmas time thing there. Okay. So kind of like almost like wassail during the holiday no, time. I just think it's uh, sweet cider for Christmas. Yeah. But it's it's there. I fault my great grandmother for not introducing me to this. <laughs> she was old school. She was all about all the traditions. I never knew about that one. So yeah, may she rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, um, Patrick, we're gonna take a little break. I've this has been amazing. Um, every cider I've had here today has been really good. This last one and what's it called? It's called Lavender Royale. Lavender Royale. That's been my favorite so far. But they've all been great. King Blossom, Mister Green. Cherry Red and Silvertip. Uh, come check them out. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about beer. They make beer here too, so stay tuned. All right, we're back. Segment two of uh, episode five of the Texas Beer Experience podcast. So while we were on a break, Patrick brought over a a cider that is so interesting that I've I've never heard of it before. It's called an ice cider. Yes. And it's made with honey crisp apples. And he was telling me that they basically freeze like these the, the apples like into like a block and then they get like the like an extract or like first runnings, I guess you mm-hmm. would call it. Um, and it makes it's here. Let me tell you this first. It's thirteen percent. Thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. So aroma is is different. I almost get like almost like a little bit of honey on the on the on the nose or something. But then when you taste it, it's like it's super sweet. And I mean, it's like a dessert cider. It's a dessert wine. Yeah, yeah dessert cider. So it's it's similar to iced wine or sauterne. Uh, okay. French sauterne, that's made in a different way. It's because the grapes get mold and they shrink like to raisins. Mm. But the, the principle is all the same. You try to uh, freezing the, the block of cider, and as it melts, the, the sugar creates a lower melting temperature. All right, so it melts right. first. So the first stuff that starts melting pulls all the sugar and all the acid out. So we stop, we, we'll start with 300 gallons and we'll, we'll maybe get 50. Wow. Right? And so, so we low, jump. very low yield. So yeah. the original apple juice may have a bricks of like 14 or 13, and, and this has a bricks of 35. Ooh. So it's like a wow. super sweet, but it's also super acidic, right? So it's balanced. It's like, you know, on steroids, right? Yeah. And, um, and then we ferment it, and it just—it's easy because you know the, the yeast will die at thirteen and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, this does have some. It was aged on oak, so it has a little color. Okay. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah, I did notice it does have a little, a much, much more amber color. But this is what it. you know. This yeah. is dessert. You would either start the meal with you know your pate, the liver pate, or foie gras, mm-hmm. or finish with this, the meal with this, or do both. Here. What's what would be a good like? If, I mean, if you're having something to eat with this, what would be a good pairing for this type oh, of cider? cheese, 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 and, and charcuterie. Okay, uh, you know, and preferably, you know, like liver pate would be phenomenal. Mm. Uh, or you know, you may you may have um, this with cake. 
at the end of the yeah. end of the night. So uh, it's been uh, very popular here. Actually, we'll see people buy a bottle and sit down and just drink it. Nice. You know, it's like a 500 milliliter bottle or 375. 375. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we're we're thinking about um, my pet project is to to start spicing this and make maybe possibly use it as a vermouth base. Mm. Or I'm interested to um, make it a lavender and then, you know, use it as a mixer. Okay. Or a starter for like a spritzer, like an Aperol spritzer, right? You know, we could do something fun with this product. So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot you can do for sure. Man, just some, I'm amazed. And so we were come. I was thinking we're going to come back in segment two to start, talk, start talking about beer. But I had to talk about this on on air because it's so amazing and you definitely have to come and try it yeah i was going to ask you guys are in stores before we move to beer Mm -hmm. Uh, i've seen your product at heb um what brands can people find uh in the market right now so we are in uh, heb we're in whole foods uh, central market uh and we're in a lot of we're on premise at a lot of places Mm -hmm. and uh certain bottle shops around the city okay um specs total wine total has our products okay. some specs do okay so we're getting out there uh the core products in cans are the typical silver tip cherry red okay uh mr green mrs green mrs green which is hopped oh so i guess if you want to try that you we know can do that. <laughs> i mean not to bring up a, a competitor but when i drank cider in the past i really liked and i think they discontinued it Austin East ciders has a hop cider and yeah. i thought it was really good i think they have it i'll, I'll have i haven't seen it in a long time we'll get, we'll get some um and then uh, we have a rosé cider called north rosé which is we use uh hill or uh, texas high plains grape skins mm. and we okay. rest cider on that to get a color and, and some grape characteristics okay uh and the uh, lavender royale lavender royale is in cans oh yeah that's our bestseller out in the wild. Really? In, in, in stores. Okay. Off, off air, I was talking to Lynn. I was like, if they have this in cans, I want to get some. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do, definitely. All right. We're taking some home today, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> some of our... So the Orchard Blend that we tried, that's in a 750 bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in some stores, but more specialty okay. stores. So cans are, you know, the the container of choice for broad distribution these days as you know it's cans yeah it's, it's cans it's right. i think it's more of a texas thing sometimes there's like the thought of like going to like central texas and floating a river <laughs> you can't bring bottles you have to bring cans no. but it's it's so, nationwide i mean uh yeah. that's why there's a can shortage right that's that's true it's hard to get cans because uh everybody switched from bottles to cans i was at an heb the other day and there, there was a sign on, on where the, all the Budweiser products were, they said due to a shortage of cans, these yeah. products are not available at the moment. I know. I we've like, been, wow, that's I have, amazing. We've been, and we're small, right? So yeah. Yeah. we've been scrambling for cans. Wow. And you guys are using like the, the 12 ounce like slim cans? Uh-huh. Yeah. The seltzer cans. Seltzer cans. The, the, dir- the dirty word that I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's, I mean, we could go down that rabbit and we'll be there for a long time seltzer. if we go down there. Well, you know, it's, yeah. I guess it's initiating a lot of people into alcoholic beverages, but uh, yeah, yeah. we're not chasing that. We have a seltzer on tap here that we made with Honeycrisp oh, juice. Nice. 
Okay. But uh, we still have a lot of uh, work to do to educate people on cider. So. Right. And that that should be your focus, definitely. Indeed. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move on from cider, unfortunately, because like I said, like I'm really enjoying these. These are some really great, great ciders. You should come out and try them. Um, before we go to beer, are you guys open seven days a week or? We are open Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday through Sunday. Okay. Two two to uh, two to nine on weekdays, and then we're open at noon and. Um, on Saturday and 11 on Sunday. Okay. Okay. And uh, there's live music playing today. If you can't hear it in the background, is it live music just on the weekends? or? Yeah, we, uh, we'll we do it on Saturdays or Sundays. Right now we, we're doing a crawfish bowl too. So. Um, do you have food every day that you're open? Every or? day. We have our yeah. own kitchen. Okay. So we serve food and uh, we're, we'll, we'll, we are full service. Oh, fantastic. So on the menu for food, I would imagine there's like some cheese and charcuterie boards. There is. <laughs> I mean, we already talked about it, so it kind of makes sense. We have a charcuterie board, cheese board. We've got a great burger that's mm. probably our most popular item, salads. It's like a bistro's type, okay. type menu. Okay. But I don't think you can do this anymore without having food. No. It's yeah. tough, especially well in central Houston for sure. You know, there's too much competition. Definitely. You know, people want to eat when they drink. Hopefully they drink a little bit more when they when they're eating. Um, I know you guys at uh, at Back Pew are a little bit different. It's on the country. Yeah, um, I mean we do have a food truck there all the time. Yeah, I mean because people do want to eat, but we had crawfish there last week as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, but you're right. I mean even out there on the on the boonies. Yep. People want to well, come wanna, and... they want to stick around, right? They do, yeah. We want them to stick around. And you can't have three pints without having a little food. Exactly. Unless exactly. you want to cause trouble. No, no. And we don't <laughs> want any trouble. That's why we have food there. That's right. All right. So we're going to get into a little bit of beer here. Um, so this first beer is called Brass Hat. And I pulled it up on Untap just to kind of walk us through the, the different beers that we have here today. So this is a Belgian Blonde. Yes. 5.8% ABV. So... To, to back up a little bit, so we we're, we are a brewery, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a, a business decision uh, early on. You know, we, we have what's called a G license in Texas. That's a winery license. Correct. Um, so we're at the manufacturing tier, and we can have other people's wine. So we do import some wine from Spain, but we can't buy anybody else anybody else's beer. And we felt it was important to offer beer. So that, you know, customers could get anything they want. So beer, wine, cider. That's a great decision. Um, and it's worked out well for us. Awesome. Um, so we, you know, you met Clay Watson earlier. Yes. Who had to go to his son's baseball game because it is Saturday. Um, and he's our brewmaster. And um, our approach to beer making is, you know, let's just make some really good, solid, basic beer. Um, we're not, at least not now, in it to to necessarily be innovative mm-hmm. and come out with like you know a, a unique flavor or something that nobody else has ever a done. A milkshake IPA or a pickle beer. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. other people are doing that right. well, and and so we just want to offer our clients and customers good solid beer. And we started out with beers that we like. Uh, and the two that we're starting out with today are Belgian style. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were 
I lived in France for many years, and my go-to beer at every cafe was a Lef Blonde, right? Yes. Standard. Classic. Classic. You know, it's good beer. It's not, you know, Bud or 1664, which was the other option, (laughs) which was not as good. Yeah, definitely. The Cronenberg. Uh, but I, I love Leff, and I asked Clay, can we just do a Leff? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what Brass Hat is. Uh, it's just an attempt to make a very simple Belgian, Belgian brand. It has a great aroma, by the way. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's just uh, good ingredients, uh, good Belgian yeast. I am I'm astounded yeast. by how good this is. I mean, we're at a cidery. Yeah. And this is an outstanding Belgian beer. Wow. Wow. Thank I always, you. like, I always, and I'll be honest, like, I, I'm always nervous about going to places that are either new mm-hmm. or, you know, where beer is kind of like, and I don't want to say it's an afterthought here, but where it's like, it's, it's the secondary thing. It's not City Orchard Brewery. It's, it's a cidery. Um, but I think, I feel like in drinking this, that you guys wanted to make sure that, what, that it's quality. Yes. Everything yeah. we do here, uh, and that's our mantra, is it has, has to have a personal touch. So we're a cidery. We also have wine, but it's not just the wine we got from a distributor. We, we know the winemaker. Right. And, of course, we have to make our own beer, so we need to know how to make beer. And Absolutely. You know, we've done a lot of research. Uh, we have experience, not necessarily on an industrial scale, but enough to hopefully it's, get it right. It's a five-barrel system, so it's a small system. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't make good beer with it. I mean, just our, like our friends over at uh, a few episodes ago, Deca Brewing. It's a new brewery that yeah, just opened no, I, up. I, I, I went there. You told me to go there. Oh, that's and right. I, that's I right. Met, I met the guys, yeah. So just a quick backstory. So I, I met Patrick... When, when my wife and I were hanging out at, uh, at Backview at work, we were just there on a Sunday afternoon, just enjoying some beers, and Patrick came up. and I was trying to sell my cider. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the chat room said, you need to go talk to Leo. He's the guy that's sitting outside. He's the sales manager here. Uh, so Patrick came up, and uh, we talked for a few minutes, and I was like, well, I can't really do anything about that. Like, I'm, I can't make that decision for the cider. Uh, and then I mentioned the podcast, and I guess I was talking when Patrick said, oh, I'd love to be on the podcast, and I didn't hear him. So he, when he walked away, my wife said, did you hear him say that he wanted to be on the podcast? Like, what? He did? And I felt so bad because I, I didn't listen. But if it wasn't for my wife, we might not be here today, <laughs> discovering all these amazing new ciders and so far a really great Belgian blonde that we've had so far. Um, I feel like I went a little bit off track there, but just wanted to give you the tiny backstory there. And yes, I did mention Deca Brewing uh, to Patrick that day, which is about a half a mile from from Back Pew, um, and they make some outstanding beers. And it's a small system; I think it's a oh. three and a half barrel system, I, if I'm not mistaken. I forget, it's, but it's, it's, it's small. It's small. It's small, but they have a ton of beers, and they're all just really well done. Yeah, and they're yeah. nice, nice folks. Oh yeah, great guys, um, great guys. Um, well, hey, let's move to. Rule the G. second beer. This is Rule G. So, so this is an, another Belgian. It's it's not necessarily a blonde blonde, but it's it's similar. It's got a little bit more body. I'm gonna bring this up on Untapped real quick. Rule G. Where does the name come from? Like, what was the inspiration for that? So 
our cider names are derived from orchard names and okay well lavender royale is obvious so we are surrounded it's funny no trains have gone by but we are actually sandwiched between two train tracks here so we we thought we would um so all of our our beers are in what's called the tank car series the tank car series uh, all the tank cars that roll by here okay and so these are all railroad terms brass hat is the nickname for uh for the railroad boss okay rule g is the rule that states you cannot drink alcohol while working on the railroad so (laughs) in in the in the untapped uh page for this beer in the details so it's a belgian golden uh, strong golden ale and it says in quotes the use of intoxicants or narcotics is prohibited from the American Railroad Association. That's right. <laughs> so we. So that's Rule G. That's Rule G, and we drink next to the railroad. All right. And we so don't work on it. We're we're breaking <laughs> that rule. Yes. Every sip that we take of this that's beer, right. we're breaking that's Rule right. G. I like that. I'm I'm am kind of a rebel at heart, so I feel really good drinking this beer now. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good, by the way. So, um, I've, I've I'm learning about this style because we just made one mm-hmm. at Back Pew. It was the fifth anniversary beer. Um, this is not as strong as that one. This is 6%? Yes. So the Belgians are funny because you, uh, yeah. it's a simple grain bill, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they they throw in sugar. Yes. The candy, the famous candy sugar. And we, you can actually control the, the, the color by the candy sugar. Um, That's right. Yeah, you fact, sure can. In fact, we were thinking we may want to use a lighter candy sugar next time on Brass Hat. Uh, but you can make something that's super dark, like a using a... If I would say, just just a critique on this on this beer that we're drinking right now, I think it could use just a tiny bit more sugar, a tiny mm. bit more sweetness to it. Yeah. I mean, that would probably increase the ABV for sure. Yeah, we're not... But. Yeah, that's possible. We're not worried about the controlling the ABV. Okay. It's almost like you get what you get. Yeah, yeah. Delicious either way, though. Either and, way. Uh, it's, it's popular here, and, uh, of course, I love the Belgian style. So when I um, came back from Europe, I didn't find, well, you either get, you know, your La Fin du Monde or, you know, right. the Chimay's, which are wonderful, but you can't, like, that's not session. That's like, no. that's a drink of Chimay and call it good, right? That's, you better be at home <laughs> if you're drinking that kind of beer, right? So, and I'm, yeah. I'm not a huge malty beer fan. Okay. So, that's, and, and that was when the IPA started rolling out. So I finally rediscovered beer when the IPAs became popular. This was, I, I think I came back from France in the mid-90s. So Is there, I, I've never thought about this. Is there French IPAs? Probably now. But when I yeah. lived there, no. No? No. Okay. No. It was all classic. Yeah. It was either, you know, bad European lagers. Or saisons or. Or the yeah. Belgian styles. Mm-hmm. Well, you could go to a. You know the Belgian bar and get you know fifty different crazy beers, right? Um, Creeks, lambics, quads. You know, yeah, I love a good quad. <laughs> <laughs> quad, not quads. Uh, that to me, every time I drink, when I feel like I'm I'm eating a, a, a super sugary piece of candy, it's like this. So it's like our ice yeah. cider. You know, it's kind of like the ice cider, it exactly. Is. Yeah. Um, not to deviate, but we've had a couple of breweries asking for our cherry red. 
really? without carbonation to do something. Oh. To, to do something with their stouts. Interesting. Yes. Can, can you name those breweries by I any chance? Forgot. Okay. I, I don't have it on the tip of my tongue. I probably shouldn't if I did know. Yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, we will get all the, the the beer nerds that come in here like the Cherry Red because it reminds them of yeah something, you know, sour or... I mean, before today, that's that's been my favorite. Like, yeah. I, yeah, so for sure. But those beer nerds used to come and try that ice cider. They should, and then they, they may have a revelation. They might, they will have a revelation. <laughs> I had a revelation. I mean, just amazing, amazing. So the problem is our government doesn't let us blend. It's very tricky. <sighs> freaking government. Yep. I said freaking, TABC. and we have an explicit right. thing on the on the podcast, so I can say fucking government, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, them. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Those guys. Um, so what's this next beer? So the Tin Lizard is um, Tin Lizard is a, uh, I guess we call it a American IPA. Okay. Or a West Coast IPA. Ooh. Maybe maybe Americans, a little easier. It's just a simple IPA. Yep. Um, Six point seven percent. The quote on this is a streamlined train. It is the uh, passenger train. You know the old tin okay. uh, silver train. Ooh. Good hoppy aroma. Don't ask me which hops. I know. I kind of want to say Centennial, maybe. I don't know. Don't ask me. So, and this... The, it should be on beers, our website. So. We've had these beers sitting in front of us for a while. This has maintained... They've warmed a up a little really, bit. Yeah. I mean, they've warmed up a little bit, but this has maintained a really nice head. It has. Um, and, you know, just took a, a nice little sip of it, and, you know, this has really good lacing on the glass, um, I mean, it's good. It's good. It's, it's straightforward, right? It's no, no. I mean, I imagine it's better if it was a little bit colder. We can get, we can get a, but, a, a refresher if you'd like. Um, but I like that. I like that. So beer nerds, if you're coming to the cidery, they have an IPA for you, and it's 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 good. It's good. Yeah, so you said that the hops might be on the, on the yes. website. Yeah, it's 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 dry hopped. Uh, at the end as well, so um, and there could be some citra, but we're uh, we're, we're working on a, a, a hazy as well right now. Okay. Um, and another one in the tank right now is our first attempt at a lager. So we're uh, we like making beer. We love beer here. Just because we're a cidery doesn't mean we don't love beer. That's right. I mean, and I'm I, gonna- I don't like. I'm just going to say this. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't like it when people say they don't like cider. They're beer people. It's like it's like <laughs> dog people versus cat people. It's like, I like cats and dogs. I and do, I too. And I like beer and cider. We can't have cats because my <laughs> wife is highly allergic, but that doesn't mean we don't like cats. <laughs> it's just different. It's uh, it's all different, right? And one yeah. day, uh, some days, I like to have a Manhattan at home. So, Oh, yeah. I like to have know. an old-fashioned. Right. So, I love a rye old-fashioned. If I can get a good rye whiskey, hell yeah. So, All right, so hops on this. I was way off. It's actually three different hops. Um, Citra, Mosaic, and Simcoe are the hops on the IPA. On the website, it says it's a straightforward, no-nonsense IPA that drinks well on its own with our burger and a salad. Well, we're going to get um, a, a cold one poured fresh because I want you to try it. Okay, okay. 
because um, yeah, I'm sorry, we we poured these uh, almost an hour ago. So the stout, you know, I don't think the stout is a problem if it's a little warm or room well, temperature maybe, because maybe we can do both. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, fine. I don't well, want it to go to waste. waste. I will drink it, all of this. I, mean, I don't care what temperature it is. It's yes, all delicious. It's not going to go to waste, but he is critiquing, so I want to make sure our temperature is right. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want me to pull these, I'm going to take a picture of both the flights together. Yeah. Uh, kind of how they're labeled and stuff. Okay. But I just didn't know. I didn't want to pull them. And you, yeah, you, can, them. you can pull them. Yeah, flights are huge at our place. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, I know some places don't like to do flights, but I think I think every place should. Like... Because you want people to try different things. You never know, like, especially if it's somebody that's uninitiated on your products. Well, uh, Greg, you want them you, to try different things. Do you like flights, Greg? Oh, yeah. Like, technic- uh, like, from a running a restaurant standpoint. Yes, I honestly feel like flights are essential to a brewery. I feel like flights are essential to a brewery. That way you give a, essentially a taste of everything that we have to offer. Uh, especially our flights. We generally give out our three originals and sometimes four originals that we opened up with. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a real vision of what we're trying to work with. I mean, that makes sense. And it feels like that's what we got today was that vision. And then the eyesider just like blew it out of the water. <laughs> They that's like, amazing. Likes, they like the ice cider. That's good. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> even know that there was such a thing as a dessert cider. Seriously, just yeah. All right, that's a colder uh, IPA. We're gonna try the cold IPA. So Mosaic, Citra, and Simcoe. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's refreshing, and I, you know, I like IPAs that I feel like I can chug. <laughs> um, I could chug this. Yeah, I don't. So when I go to a bar, yeah, and I do go to other bars besides this place, I want to have like maybe one, two, and if I'm really ambitious, three. But you can't start with a double IPA. No, you know, no, you're gonna kill your or a outing. sour. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to. So you need to yeah. manage your, you know, and if oh everything on the menu is a double or crazy hazy. Then, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to buy two, right? Yeah. This is outstanding. I really like that. Do you guys can that? We uh, we have canned it, especially during COVID because we we're closed. Right. So it's available in cans. We haven't canned it again. We're debating whether or not to redo that because we don't distribute. So you just distribute the cider. S- yes, that's right. So canning right. would be for takeaway. Right? Gotcha. Yeah, um, and I, I again, uh, we're you know it's hard enough. You know this, it's hard enough just to sell one type of product. Mm-hmm. If I had to start selling beer and cider, you know, you don't want to confuse that for sure. I don't. But I feel like every brewery or cidery needs to find the one thing that people are really clamoring for, and it feels like maybe you've, you've arrived there with the lavender cider. That that's the one that people are really. It's the one that's getting yeah. the broadest interest, right? Like from Dallas to San Antonio to Austin mm-hmm. uh, to here. So, so you guys are all in, in yes. all over Texas, not just Houston. Yeah, we decided to go all over Texas because we opened in January last year, and we're like, you know, that's pretty ambitious. Why? Well, yeah. it, it's yes, scary. Um, maybe not the smartest move, but. 
on the other hand, you know, we're, we're in, like, this mo- month of May, we're in every Whole Foods in the, in the state. Wow. At a local pod. Fantastic. So, yeah. I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, right. Congratulations <laughs> on that, by the and, way. And it's because uh, people are starting to notice our cider. So the, the flip side is, you know, suddenly you've got to, like, maintain your momentum in Dallas. And, and this is like a country, right? Texas is a country. And it's, yeah, a, cha- it's it a challenge. Is. But yeah, cider, um, unlike beer, there's only... You can count the cider makers in the state on one hand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if we don't go to Dallas now, then somebody from Colorado or Vermont or is gonna come in and But you know, I feel like even if they did like I feel like here in Texas and I feel like that it's not just a Texas thing, it's it's about a state supporting its local local businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, because we've had, you know, great craft breweries come into Houston and then leave because we have such a vibrant and and, and amazing, you know, That's brewery right. scene. So, you know, I've seen some really great breweries come down here and they, they just lose market share because local breweries are opening. So I would feel the same way about a cidery that if they if people know that this cider is, is made here in Texas, that they would support that over something that comes from Vermont or New York or or Washington or whatever. Yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, there's a lot of education. Um, and that's why we do position ourselves as a Texas cidery, not necessarily Houston. Mm-hmm. Although I do have POS and promotional items for Houston that say Houston. And when I go outside of Houston, that says Texas. Yeah, yeah. So No, that's smart. You got to do that. It's marketing. Of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think in, in the, in, up in Dallas, you know, I think they feel Houston is Texas. Um, some, some, sometimes some s- people here in Houston don't feel like Dallas is part of Texas. No, I think Houston has a bit more of an <laughs> inferiority complex. We'll get over it. Um, but, uh, you know, for us, being in Houston is perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect location. So It's a great city. Great multicultural city with a diverse, um, I mean, a diverse community that oh, yeah. makes great food, great cider, great beer. And, and yeah. we were delightfully surprised by our sales. I mean, we sell a lot more cider than beer. We do sell a lot of beer, but mm-hmm. people come here for the cider. So that's that's positive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's that's what you want. That's what you want. That's right? what we is want. That, yeah. But, but we're excited that people like the beer too. So. Well, the IPA is is great. I think it's really good. Uh, if I can take a crawler home today, I will. If that's allowed. We don't do crawlers. You don't do crawlers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we have it's it in okay. cans, but okay. that's another internal or debate. Cans, it's like another a, big yeah. internal debate. Uh, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. I appreciate that, Patrick. <laughs> I appreciate that. And we'll take care of you, too, for sure. <laughs> so we, I just sipped on the on the... On the stout, so we've had one that's been kind of sitting here, warming up a little bit. And like for me, like I kind of like a stout that's warmed up a little bit because you kind of it opens up a little more flavor, a little more body. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I mean, just what you would expect from a stout. And what's it, what's it called? City stout. City stout. Okay. That's not a railroad term. It's not a what? That's not a railroad term. Okay. It's just city stout. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's delicious. It's, it's, I mean, just a really nice standard stout. 
Um, room temperature is good. Uh, let's try one cold. Mm. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really lose a lot. Cold or warm. And this is on nitro. I was about to say it's a little yep. bit fluffy. Yeah. Like I like I like to call nitro beers kind of fluffy. You get a little bit of like that smooth kind of creamy mm -hmm. uh, texture to it. So, yeah, delicious, delicious nitro stout. So, uh, um, what was the inspiration behind behind the stout? Uh, I think Clay likes oatmeal stouts. He's a big yeah. You know that's something he loves. And it was cold one day, and so he made one. I love that. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make an oatmeal stout today because it's cold out. And it's a perfectly legitimate reason uh, in my book. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm a stout person, but okay. I like, I love this beer. I like the fact that it's also, it's sessionable because stouts are lower ABV, right? And normally oatmeal stouts are uh, very sessionable. Um, I know that at Backpea we make one that's our winter seasonal um, that's that comes in at right around 5.3, yeah, so really perfect, low right? ABV, yeah. But you get that that really great flavor. So this one's a little bit higher, 5.8. Yep. Um, but man, it's just as good, just as good. So I will, you know, I will drink a cider or a beer at the end of the day here, quite quite often. I probably shouldn't drink a glass after every day, but I do. <laughs> So yeah, you should. That's, that's yeah, a you different should, a different issue. Um, but I'm gonna I take will. a picture of the lacing on this stout glass. I love I love good lacing. My wife just pushed me because I'm stepped away from the mic. Uh huh. You're yeah. talking. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So the last episode, towards the end of it, when I was listening to, it, I was like, man, I sound like I'm really far away from the mic. It's when, he it's drink, terrible. when he when he's deep into heaven so many samples is that right yeah that's what that's what happens after so much cider and beer well, i kind of lose focus on what's going on and uh it's, yeah it's saturday afternoon and it's a beautiful saturday afternoon a there's a nice day. breeze blowing yeah. into into the tap room here live music playing in the background I mean, this is a that little window of texas weather that this is to me rave about, right this is the best time of year in my opinion I love going to Galveston the first weekend of May. I <laughs> that's do. That's it. like my favorite time because it's not too hot. It's not too cold. Mm -hmm. There's a nice breeze blowing. You sit out on the beach. Um, it's just great. So uh, I don't know if we're going to do that this year, but we should. Well, we got a little extra cold weather this year. Uh, you could say that. Yeah. Not <laughs> well, only the, in February, but even now. I mean, it's, it's yeah. unseasonably cool. Did you guys do okay during that storm? Did you guys have any pipes break here? We or? were totally fine, except all of our bamboo is dead. Yeah. In our garden. Which we is lost a citrus tree in the backyard. Yeah, definitely. But, definitely. Uh, we, we did okay. Good, good. We're going to come back for one last segment here. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the last segment of the episode. Um, this has been awesome, and we're going to continue with that awesomeness for a few more minutes. So Patrick has brought something out of the out of the the, the secret storage facility here at City Orchard. The experimental cellar. Yes. The experimental cellar, and 
I smelled it before uh, before before I hit the unpause button on, on here. <laughs> and we mentioned this earlier. So this is, I mean, could we call it a pickle beer? But not no. necessarily, uh, not a pickle beer, but a pickle cider. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, <laughs> we talked about it a little earlier. And just as a disclaimer, I don't know if this is going to make it out of into the wild or not. But depending on your reaction, um, we, as I mentioned, we have we have some cider that has a little bit of a volatile acidity, which right. I guess are the precursors to uh, vinegar, which is a, a really dirty word in the cider making business, uh, more so than than beer, I'm sure. Um, but you know, and, and I was inspired. You know, I'm a, I'm a founder, I'm a cider maker, but I'm also I'm a head salesperson, so I'm out a lot in the marketplace, and I have noticed like pickle beer stuff sells. It does. <laughs> I mean, and, I've and seen I've seen people like I have a friend of mine that used to work at an HEB back when this all started. He tweeted out, "Hey, we have pickle beer." I think it had like ten cases. It was gone within two hours. Yeah, like it, it's not as fervent as it was before, but yeah, that's just crazy. Like, and you know, I'm not yeah. a, I'm, I, it's not my go-to beer, and right. Uh, but I'm in. You have to take notice. So, right. so we we just thought, well, okay, let's just f around a little bit with um, the way we make cider, like the lavender. We like put a little lavender in. It's very light, a little honey. Mm-hmm. Instead of, and we bought some of the pickle juice, the best made or whatever it was, and it was just no, it, it wasn't our direction. Yeah. And we thought, well, why don't we just put some dill weed or dill seed into the cider, very light, and see what happens. So this is it. It smells like pickle. I mean, it smells it like does dill. Smell like, it smells like dill, which is pickle, What else do you use? And it's not for, overpowering. Right? It's very solid. <laughs> it is uh, acidic. sauce, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but now, like you mentioned earlier, like over, over vol- what was it called? What was uh, the term? Volatile acidity. Volatile acidity. I've had some some soured beers that where I felt like I was drinking straight vinegar, just disgusting. This is not this is not that. It's yeah, it, I, I think this could be I think some people will like this. I think they would too. I don't too. know exactly what to do with it yet, but um, I know it'll find a home somewhere and you know, that's the fun this is the fun part of what we do. It's got some funk to it. Like I mean oh, yeah. yeah, it's got some serious funk to it. Um, I like it. I mean, I don't know if I could drink 16 ounces of it. I definitely like well, a, an 8-ounce pour or something, but Well, we nice. don't. So that's, uh, you bring one last point up. We, d- we don't pour pints here. That's true. Cider is not, um, it's not beer. So we, we actually pour 11-ounce pours here. Okay. And I always recommend to our customers, you don't need to pour a pint of cider. You really you don't make a lot more money if you pour eleven ounces, uh, and and it's higher in ABV and it it drinks better at eleven. It, you don't need to drink sixteen, right? Um, but you know that's part of our world that we uh, have to navigate. So, and it's an, again just another piece of like education that you pass on to your customer about cider. Yep. Yep. That's right. So we've had a great time here today, Patrick. We've enjoyed every. Everything that we've drank here today has been outstanding. Um, 
can you tell us I know you said that you guys are on tap here uh, mm-hmm. locally uh, or maybe even in the state do you are you on tap we outside are, of Houston or more just off premise so outside we, of Houston we have been um, so we're on premise obviously in Houston we're at mm-hmm. Kirby Ice House uh, we're at Easton Backyard the mm-hmm. New Potato um, just a lot of different places right uh, at some new places downtown, FAO HTX, a nightclub, loves our cherry cider. Nice. Brand new place. Um, you know, it's we're getting new taps all the time because, you know, we're, we were new prior to COVID, so right now we're, it, we're almost like a new company. Exactly. But we're making remarkable inroads, believe it or not, in Austin. We're Whoa, in a yeah. ton of taps in Austin and uh, Round Rock and Georgetown. Round Rock and Georgetown are... We have like 15 taps in Georgetown. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I'm surprised. Are you guys at Slapbox in Georgetown by any chance? No. No? Not that place, but we're in a lot of... We're excited about Austin. And, you know, it's it's just... Austin is a drinking town. It is. Thirsty town, they said. For sure. For sure. um, people like our cider there, so... That's awesome, man. I mean, right in the backyard of a big cider company over That's there. That's true. Yeah. But we are... Di- we're a little different, so... I would I, say I, you are. I, I would say you are. You know, we're not... You know, we're certainly not throwing, like, millions of dollars of marketing money to try to displace anybody, and I think we're just organically growing, and it's exciting to me. It's... I don't know why I feel like you guys have been around a lot longer than last January... But no, you haven't. <laughs> we have not. Yeah, no, we're just um, we're uh, you know we we're distributed by flood distribution. Okay, and they're doing a good job for us uh, in all the regions. Shout out to all those guys at Flood, Taylor, yeah. and those guys. Yeah, Taylor, Patrick. Yeah, you know all the guys in Austin. They're so those guys are so knowledgeable and passionate about every product that they push. They do. They are. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's a good call to go with those guys. Yeah. So we're. You know, they're small. Uh, they're not Silver Eagle or, you know, Benny Keith. But, right. you know, we, again, it's all about that balance, right? You got to yeah. find the customers and then eventually we'll broaden our, our base. But uh, we are in all, you know, a lot of these big stores and starting to get some attention. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you can find the ciders here in Houston, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio. Yep. We're in San Antonio. Yeah, well. El Paso. A lot, of, a lot of flying saucers. A lot of flying saucers. Uh, yeah. El Paso, probably not yet. Yeah. Um, we're in Beaumont, Port Arthur area, and the okay. HEBs. Yeah. Um, I need to go make a trip there and see if I can find some taps. Um, There's a few places down there. You oh, should yeah. go to. Uh, uh, you should go to Natchez, Natchez Brewing Company, in, in Port Natchez. Super solid guys. Yeah, I okay. don't know if they carry cider or not, but they're great guys. They make well, their own beer there. That's yeah. why I went to Back Pew because actually a lot of our best customers are brew pubs. Okay. Because they sell other products and people want cider and you know why not why not us? Um, right. We're also yeah. in corporates. Oh, nice. So we we're you know we're focusing on east of. Uh, I guess Austin, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there really isn't much. That's a west large of chunk of land. <laughs> it is. Um, but there are pockets. Anywhere where there's craft sensibility, our cider, once people taste it, mm. 
it stays on tap. That's great. You know, one of our best customers is uh, Deacon Baldy's up in. Uh, oh man, I yeah, love Deacon Baldy's. I'm like, this is like a food truck, uh, you know, place, and they're selling like tons of oh yeah cherry man. red and and then there's a a crazy store in uh, Georgetown called Mesquite Outfitters. Oh, I love Mesquite Outfitters too. They those guys, you know, they're like you know guys, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, hunting, fishing, and they love cider. Yeah, yeah. I, when <laughs> so I worked at Spindle Tap, that was one of the accounts that I would hit up when I go out there, and uh, just super impressive what they do there. The guys that make the the selection of products that they put on tap, yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, well, all those hunters and fishers love cherry red. Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that a should secret. They, should they throw away their man card? I guess no, no. cider. No, no uh, that's that's. That is a progression that's happened over the last 20 years. It's no right. longer just a... Well, shit, man. I mean, this, uh, <laughs> this eye cider, that's, that's, a, that's a cider that puts some hair on your chest. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's a great way to market it. Yeah. For, for men. I want to see it on the can when it comes out. <laughs> this is a cider that put hair on your chest. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we don't care who drinks our cider as long as they drink it. <laughs> exactly. Now, these ciders are fantastic. I'm so glad that we came today. So glad that we met you that day, just randomly at Back Pew where we were hanging out. Um, so you can find these guys on tap here in Houston. You can find them at all the major stores, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, uh, HEB, the Central Market. Yeah. Go get them. Um, they're, it's fantastic. And then if you're in Houston, come visit the cidery. It's great atmosphere, beautiful, beautiful tap room. Live music on the weekends, great food. You better come see him. If I don't, if if I if I find out that you're not, I'll be mad. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Uh, that's a good marketing. Right. Pitch. Right. Right. Threaten <laughs> threaten my, my listeners. Leo will be mad. Physical if you don't violence come. or just anger that, if you don't come here. That's that's called influencer. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I'm an influencer, um, and if you feel threatened, and you feel compelled, I've done my job. <laughs> thank you i appreciate that patrick thanks again for having us thank you for listening tell your friends about the podcast um we really appreciate you guys listening to the to us just ramble on about great great people here in texas doing amazing things stay tuned we'll be back next week with episode six later <laughs>